0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Sustainalytics podcast. My name is Melissa Chase, and I'm a marketing specialist here at Sustainalytics. Today we'll be sharing with you insights from our new ESG spotlight report, Emerging Market Equities, Key Sources of ESG Risk. Joining us today are two of the authors of the report, Martin Vezzer, manager on the analytics thematic research team, and Aswarya Bhaskaran, analyst on our technology, media and telecommunications research team. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us, Melissa.
0: Great. So let's jump right in uh, to kick things off ice. Can you tell us why you and Martin decided to focus the study on emerging markets?
2: Definitely. So as you probably have heard, emerging markets have been in the news a lot recently, mostly because of the trade tensions between China and the US. And let's say this has put investors in a bit of a difficult position they are increasingly asking the question, does it still make sense to be in emerging markets? Does it still make sense to invest in emerging markets? And the most recent news, um, I believe it came out last week or maybe earlier this week, is that the International Monetary Fund, it cut its global GDP forecast for 2019. And it actually cited fallout from trade tensions as one of the reasons. So you have that on one side of the story, right? And On the other side, you heard about these fast-growing emerging economies, China and India, for example, and their GDP projections in the long term, and their increase in local consumption in these countries. So you see a mix of things. You see a good growth story, you see trade tensions, and then there's also uncertainty about other things, U.S. interest rates and emerging market currencies. So looking at all of this, we felt like this was an interesting time to look at emerging markets.
0: Okay, so I can see why emerging markets are top of mind for many investors these days. As some of these investors are looking to reassess their exposure to uh, emerging market equities, how can ESG risk analysis help in the process?
2: So, emerging markets, by definition, are characterized by high risk and high reward. Um, When we think of emerging markets, we tend to think of volatility, right? So some investors are considering ESG to mitigate some of those risks. And when we first started researching for the spotlight, we noticed that there are studies that link corporate ESG performance and financial performance. Most of us are familiar with these studies. But interestingly, the relationship between ESG performance and financial performance was much more pronounced in emerging markets than in developed markets. So for this spotlight, we definitely build on that knowledge. We tried and identified material ESG issues that are most important to emerging markets. So apart from risk mitigation, I think moving forward, emerging markets will be an interesting place to look at green solutions. When I say green solutions, I'm talking about um, some of the emerging market countries facing water and energy shortages right now. And in some cases, they are responding with sustainable solutions. So I think with the sustainable development goals in place and support from, let's say, climate financing or local governments, we are going to see more and more emerging markets bring out some unexpected sustainable solutions. So I think um, looking at risk mitigation and sustainable solutions, investors considering ESG factors um, in emerging markets is a good idea.
0: Interesting. So just as ESG factors can play a role in assessing you know, other asset classes, they can also have an impact on uh, emerging market equity investing. Um, so Martin, let's turn to you. Can you tell us a bit about the approach that you took in this study?
1: Yeah. Our approach aims to support emerging market equity investors who are looking to mitigate ESG risks, as uh, Isis pointed out. And we do this by organizing a report around two types of analysis that can help inform engagement and ESG integration strategies. In part one, we compare the ESG risk profile of the FTSE emerging index and the FTSE developed index using Sustainalytics' flagship ESG risk ratings product, and we unpack the overall ESG risk ratings of these two indices to identify some of the key sources of risk that investors in these benchmarks face.
0: Okay, I see. So by assessing both an emerging market index and a developed market index, you're able to provide a point of comparison mm-hmm. or a, a reference comparison between the two markets. That's so right. so what did you find? How how did these two benchmarks compare to each other?
1: Well, we started by assessing the two indices using this aggregate metric of ESG risk. We call it the unmanaged risk of uh, a company, or in this case, we, we have uh, an assessment of The overall index uh, focused on the weighted ESG risk scores of the two indices. Uh, And we look at this metric because it includes an assessment of both company exposure to ESG risk as well as company management of ESG risk. And this metric, as I said, takes into account many different factors that uh, investors will be interested in. And uh, so we we do this and what we found was that on, uh, on this high level of the aggregate score, the emerging index faces much more risk than the developed index. So an investor in the emerging index is exposed to Over 14% more unmanaged ESG risk than an investor in the developed index. Another way of looking at the differential in ESG risk focuses on what we call category of ESG risk. And when we look at the distribution of the weight of these indices across different ESG risk categories, we found that 10% of the FTSE emerging index faces severe ESG risk compared to just over 3% of the FTSE developed index that falls into the severe risk category.
0: Wow, that's that's quite a large gap. Um, how do you account for this?
2: So in terms of the gap, it definitely stands out. Um, what we did was we broke down the overall ESG risk score into its key components, something we call material ESG issues in Sustainalytics ESG risk ratings. And the thing we immediately noticed was that the emerging market index has a higher rated ESG risk score than the developed market index on about 76% of material issues that we assessed. So 16 out of the 21 material ESG issues. And um, some of these issues could potentially be topics for emerging market investors to consider when you know looking at um, corporate engagement strategies.
0: Right. So, so which of these issues really stood out to you?
2: So some of the issues that we highlight as part of our index analysis are things you would expect to see. So things like, corporate governance and business ethics and human rights. But then there were also a few other material ESG issues that were more consumer focused, things you would normally think of uh, important issues for developed markets rather than um, emerging markets. But we did notice uh, product governance and data privacy and security also being highlighted as part of our index analysis.
0: Right, so can you tell us how some of these issues can have material consequences for portfolio companies?
2: Sure, Um, I actually cover some emerging market companies myself. And the thing I repeatedly notice is that in today's global economy, a lot of these companies don't operate in isolation. So let's say we we take a look at an IT consulting company in India, and they handle data for an airline in Europe. Let's say the IT consulting company has a security breach. They could be subject to the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, and they could also be subject to regulation that are specific to the country they operate from. And more importantly, their reputation with potential customers could take a hit. In today's world, we all know that data flows are international and it goes beyond borders. And so does loss and customer expectations. I personally cover technology companies and decided to discuss data privacy and security. But if you took a look at the material issues we highlight in the paper, you'll notice that for certain sub-industries, poor ESG management on some of these issues could potentially have similar implications for emerging market companies.
0: That's really interesting. Thanks for that, Ice. So back to you, Martin, you mentioned that the study had a second part that focused on portfolio strategy. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: The second part of our study it develops a framework to compare ESG risk facing companies in emerging markets, as well as developed markets, um, with the economic growth prospects of these different markets, and here we draw on the International Monetary Fund's twenty twenty GDP growth forecasts. As ICE mentioned, this is one of the big news items that came out recently with the IMF revising downwards its global GDP forecasts as well as the forecasts for domestic markets and a large part of the the drawdown of the global figures is coming from the drawdown in the emerging markets. So we, of course, want to have a caveat here. The GDP growth uh, metric is one of many ways to gauge the attractiveness of an equity market. Um, And equity investors are going to be taking other financial factors into account when making their investment decisions. But GDP is a widely used and recognized metric that offers a broad indication of expected economic output. So we take it as a reasonable starting point for integrating ESG data into financial analysis.
0: I see. So this is one way of integrating ESG risk assessments uh, with a widely recognized economic metric, the GDP. So what did you find?
1: Well, first, assessing 42 markets covered by the emerging and developed indices that we used in the first part of our study, we found a moderately positive correlation between economic growth forecasts and ESG risk in equity markets. Uh, the correlation coefficient here is 0.47, so it's moderately positive. And this finding suggests that investors may face a trade off between chasing higher economic growth, and mitigating portfolio ESG risk. But of course, there's a significant amount of variation in the relation between ESG risk and growth, both within each market and across the markets that we looked at. So to capture this variation, we plot the markets along a matrix that shows GDP growth on one axis and the median ESG risk score of companies based in each market. Uh, Again, we're looking at 42 different markets, both emerging and developed. And to capture the variation among the markets, we organize them into four quadrants that represent different combinations of higher and lower ESG risk and higher and lower GDP forecasts. Uh, I'll leave it to the listener to look at the report to see how each of the markets is positioned relative to the others. But for the sake of illustration here, I'll just mention one of the key takeaways that we got from this analysis. So we noticed that five emerging markets fall into the higher growth, lower ESG risk category. So this is a counter example to the idea that there's a trade-off. You know, in some cases, there's a, a coincidence of lower ESG risk and higher growth. So The markets that fall into this category include India, the Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Colombia. So Equity investors in these markets may potentially benefit from a favorable combination of relatively strong economic growth prospects and domestic equities with a moderate ESG risk profile. In contrast, a single market, China, falls into the higher growth, higher ESG risk category. Investors in Chinese equities may benefit from China's high expected growth rate, but they may also incur higher ESG risk relative to firms based in the emerging markets that fall into the higher growth, lower ESG risk category.
0: Right. So it sounds like whether there's a trade-off um, between ESG risk in equities and GDP growth really depends on which market you're looking at. And uh, the approach that you developed can really help identify the emerging markets that are you know, relatively well positioned or poorly positioned from an ESG risk and GDP growth perspective.
1: That's right.
0: So to close out the discussion, can you tell us what you see as the next steps for investors to take?
2: Yeah, for me, in terms of next steps, I would definitely recommend engagement, uh, specifically focusing on the material ESG issues that we have highlighted, um, especially the issues that account for the majority of the ESG risk scores we, say, we see. Um, I would like take a w- quick look at human capital, for example. Um, let's say I was considering human capital as an engagement topic, I would start by asking, the basic question. So what type of employees does the company need? Does it have a large labor force? Or does it have a few highly qualified people working on R&D? And based on answers to these questions, I can decide what type of company performance on policies and programs that I would look at. So maybe I would want to look at working conditions. So do they have guidelines on wages and working hours? Or alternatively, if the company doesn't have a large labor force, the focus can be on things like employee development and retention. But the important thing to remember here is that the local context is key to understanding these issues, whether they have regulations, whether they have a strong labor union culture, or let's say diversity is a thing that they struggle with in the market. So all of the uh, local context is really important to understand these issues.
1: Yeah, I would also add to this by suggesting that investors take a look at the unique ESG issues that are playing a material role in the performance of equities in each market. So when we looked at GDP growth and ESG risk of the different markets in our study, we were focused here on the aggregate ESG risk scores of the different companies and markets, but you can break these aggregate scores down into the material ESG risks that underpin the overall rating. And uh, For example, if you look at China and India, um, you can take a look at what ESG risks drive the difference in the overall equity markets. and, and try to address those specific issues that are moving these markets to one side of the spectrum or the other. Another way investors can build on what we've developed is to, for example, take the uh, emerging index that we looked at and assess the risk across different sectors. So take a cross-section of the sector exposure of the market and see how ESG risk is distributed across different industries of the economy.
0: Thanks. Those sound like some really fascinating ideas for investors to take on board. So thank you so much, Ice and Martin, for providing us with this overview and for joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about our findings, please visit the Knowledge Center on our website at www.sustainalytics.com and download our ESG Spotlight Report, Emerging Market Equities, Key Sources of ESG Risk. Thank you again, Ice and Martin.
1: Thank you, Melissa. And thanks, everyone, for joining.
2: Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Martin. Thanks, everyone.